Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz and Mark Teresi on this beautiful Thursday morning yes. in Chicago and the last Thursday in February, and uh, they're talking about 40 degrees, no snow in the forecast. The snow we have is melting quickly. In the second half of our program, we have with us Father John Karchi, Rector-President of the University of St. Mary the Lake Mundelein Seminary, and Father John will be joining us to discuss the many things going on in the seminary, including the We Are Mundelein campaign, the Year of St. Joseph, and the Pray 100 Holy Hour Hours for Vocations campaign. Father John Karchi, welcome to the program. How are you, John? Father Greg, welcome. Mark, doing wonderful. Good. So good to be with you. It's yeah. great to be with well, you. And you nice know, John, to hear your I voice. really first met you when I was pastor at St. Mary's in Evanston. Yes. And you were the... Uh, I don't say pastor. The what was the word again? A, a chaplain. The chaplain at um, Shield Center. The Shield Center at North Northwestern. University, and that's yeah. how I really got to know you. And people loved you at Shield Center, and you're doing great work at Mundelein Seminary. So I know that as the rector president of the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary, you've been there for how many years now, John? I've been here for eight years, and I'm in my sixth year as rector. I was two years teaching scripture before that. Now, I have to share this with people. I saw a bio about Father John Karchi, which included his Ph.D. Mm-hmm. doctoral dissertation, I think it was University of Chicago. And, John, I could not even pronounce your dissertation. Well, let's just say he's going to Mars. He's going to Mars. Yeah. He's going to be the first. I mean, I, I, honestly, God, I could not, let alone read it, <laughs> I couldn't pronounce it. And just the very title, and uh, and maybe before we get into the whole rector president and what's going on, is just maybe if you could briefly, is tell your story mm-hmm. that you know you were not ordained from you know third grade on. Yeah. sure. No, I'd be happy to. Um, well, I'm originally from uh, Northwest Indiana, and I've always had a love of science. But from a big Catholic family, I'm the youngest of seven siblings and was just very fortunate to be able to study that all through school. Uh, I went to the University of Chicago, as you said, uh, studied physics and astronomy there, uh, and uh, finished up ultimately uh, with a doctorate. What I worked on was basically how galaxies form in the early universe. So uh, for me, it's, it's just always been a fascination, and you know, there's never been any conflict uh, with my Catholic faith in that. I think the two just sort of fed into each other. Uh, there was a wonderful chaplain there at uh, the university. Well, I mean, there were several. Uh, Bishop Braxton, actually, when he was still a priest, mm. was the chaplain when I first arrived, Father Ed Braxton. Um, but uh, Father uh, Willard, Bill J. Bush, okay. uh, was a wonderful oh, yeah, dear uh, friend. leader priest of mine. Uh, so it was really in college and grad school that I started seriously, you know, looking at the priesthood, but entered Mundelein uh, in the late 90s, was ordained in 2002. And again, I've just been uh, very blessed to be able to to use that, that love of science and science background, uh, along with the love of Scripture. To talk about that with people, I, I find that uh, a lot of people sometimes do think there's a conflict between faith and science. So to be able to address that in a positive way 
has always been a real blessing for me. So full disclosure, I was up at Munline for 15 years. Uh, John was a student, a seminarian, worked in our office, did an absolutely wonderful job. All the women in the, all the women in the office loved him. I mean, partly because he was a hard worker, and partly because his kindness. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's part of it. So I have a deep love of Mundelein, and I have a picture in my office at the cathedral of our board. You know, the Mundelein uh, board. Sure. Um, great memories. Talk a little bit about, you know, how, at least in my time there, and now with you, how lay people are involved in the seminary, how they're connected to the mission of the seminary. In so many ways, and I really appreciate that question. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Mundelein has had always had a wonderful advisory board, just uh, incredibly dedicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, some bishops are on there, some of them are sending bishops, but mostly laymen and women, love for the Church. But I really believe, and uh, this isn't unique to me, but I've tried to make it a, a focus of, you know, my time as rector here, uh, that we really, to help the laity understand that they're not just sort of helping out or contributing to what we do, but they are an integral part of the formation of a priest, especially a diocesan priest. You know, and this goes back to the Second Vatican Council. It's not my idea. There's this beautiful (laughs) line in Lumen Gentium, the job of the laity is to consecrate the world to Christ. Uh, And that's such a powerful uh, exhortation, and I take that very seriously. So we send students out into parishes uh, as often as possible. I try to have laymen and women come to campus here, uh, not just to look at the beauty of the place, though that's wonderful, but to really talk to uh, the students and our staff to really say, this is, you know, this is what we need in the Church today. This is what we're looking for. Um, this is what we want to bring to helping to form future priests. So. You know, it's an ongoing work in progress, but I, I sometimes don't think the laity fully appreciate enough uh, how integral they are to the formation uh, of priests, and also to the formation of lay leaders, because a lot of that training happens here as well. I think when I was away at Mundelein Seminary for four years, entered in 1975, and four marvelous years, and ironically, when I joined as a first-year uh, theologian back in 75. Father Bill J. Bush was my CAM priest director. Oh, wow. Mm. And he did a a great, great job, and um, I miss him dearly. He died about three, four, five years ago. And so I think you talk about, and Mark mentioned, involvement of the laity. And I think in the years since ordination, Mundelein has become such an open place for laity. It's not this sacred place off limits. You know, they are beautiful grounds. Oh, my gosh. You walk those grounds like a, it's like a chunk of heaven. But now, before we get into break for a minute, we, if we could, John, talk to us about the We Are Mundelein campaign. What's that all about? Sure. It's um, a way of really trying to stress, almost just echoing what I was saying a, a few moments ago, that as we talk about, you know, We Are Mundelein, Mundelein Seminary, it's helping everyone recognize that that's a mission that's shared throughout the Church. So it's the wonderful faculty and staff here at the seminary, but it's also, you know, all the people that our graduates ultimately go out and serve. Um, so it's a way that we talk about ourselves. You know, it's, it's certainly a little bit of a tagline on our stationery and that sort of thing. But during February in particular, we try to highlight that in our messaging through social media and so forth. 
um, inviting people to uh, pray for vocations, pray for our seminarians, but as much as possible just to highlight that that concept of we, you know, who we are, mm-hmm. really is the entire Church. John, before we take a little break, tell people how to connect. You know, when I was at Moonline, I remember early conversations, what color is the background on the website? Those were the big issues. And now you've, <laughs> you've, been to, you've moved into the social media world where you, the messages are very present to people. How do people connect with the messages of Moonline? Sure. Well, um, Definitely, as you mentioned, social media is a big part of that. Uh, that's so pervasive in our society today. I have to put a lot of that credit on our communications department. And I, a guy I got to know when I was at Northwestern, a graduate of Medill Journalism School there, Matt Paolelli, has really been the, the focus and the fire behind uh, that communication process. So people reach us uh, through social media. They also reach us through you know, publications that we put out. The Bridge is our, uh, our quarterly uh, journal. Uh, it's any a marvelous, number. marvelous it journal. Really is. It really is. It is. It's very beautiful. Uh, so What's the website? Where, where are the, where's the website? And then we'll take a little break and come back. Sure. It's usml.edu. So One more time. USML. So the acronym University of St. Mary of the Lake. USML.edu. And then what's your cell number in case people... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what's your bank account my number? Date of birth? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a little break. Social Security w- number, John. W- <laughs> WNDZ 750M. Catholic Chicago will be back with Father John Carchi, Mundelein Seminary Rector President, with uh, more updates on what's going on at Mundelein now. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeteryschicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. There is so much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. 
Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facility. And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. We're back. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. We're having a wonderful conversation. Father John Carchi, Rector, President, University of St. Mary of the Lake, Mundelein Seminary. And um, You know, John, Mark, you had your mask lowered. I know. That's why. I, that's, Thank you very much, Javi. That's, that's why it was so much clearer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, John, could you do me a favor? I was so impressed with that quote from Lumen Gentium. Could you repeat the quote about the role of the laity in the Church? Uh, absolutely. I wish I had the paragraph number, but these days it's easy to search. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The role of the laity is to consecrate the world to Christ. One more time. Uh, the role of the laity is to consecrate the world to Christ. That's a powerful I use, one. I use that as our vision statement uh, with folks here. And, and it's not it'd be nice if they did this, or we hope they did this. Uh, it's the responsibility, and I just realized how far away we are from that being a common awareness, I would say, that most people have, uh, but it's so powerful. And that was written back in the 1960s. Yeah. Right. You know, and I don't want to get 1964. real theolo- theological, but and not because he's sitting across the table, but, you know, Greg at Cathedral embodies that statement. You know, we're looking at a strategic sure. planning process, lay leadership. I mean, the priests have to be advocates of that statement. And John has done that both when I saw him at work at uh, uh, Northwestern, the Newman Center. And St. Benedict's. Saint, and I mean, Shield Center, at the Shield Center in the St. Benedict's and Mundelein Seminary. Now, with all that's happening at Mundelein, because I do follow and read everything that comes my way, and you have a great communications team at Mundelein, but plus also, I will say this, John, publicly. I'm very impressed with the quality of the young men from all over the diocese of Chicago, country, world, studying for the priesthood. There's a f- tremendous good young men preparing for the priesthood, and you're blessed with a tremendous faculty and administration. Absolutely. Uh, I can't echo that strongly enough. Uh, the, the guys who are answering that call or discerning that call, uh, there's just a real passion uh, and and love for the Church and for the vocation. Certainly there are challenges, but, you know, I say to them, that's throughout the history of the Church, so that's always going to be there, but the love of Christ compels us, as Paul says, and the faculty are so dedicated. Um, We've been blessed to bring on a number of new faculty just in these recent years, and uh, a veteran faculty who've been with us um, for many years as well. So uh, it's a I think it's a very hopeful and exciting time at the seminary. These How days. many seminarians at Mundelein Seminary presently, John? 
currently right now we're at 130. We graduated a few large classes and um, some of the larger dioceses, you know, have just been uh, down somewhat. Uh, Chicago's been down somewhat. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a cyclical thing, but everybody is hopeful. You know, we're definitely seeing more seminarians at the college level, uh, and we just pray that, you know, those men will continue to discern and, God willing, move into Mundelein, which maybe not all the listeners realize is graduate school. It's the final step before ordination. Many priests, many priests are so supportive. I remember years ago, Father Jim Close, I had worked at Mercy for seven, eight years, and he wasn't doing real well when I was at Mundelein, but I got a golf cart, drove him around. He reminisced. He loved the place. But he said to me, uh, and I'm going to ask John uh, to explain this now for folks, you can't do the ministry without the money. So what are the needs up at Mundelein? Sure. And, you know, they're they're far-ranging. Certainly uh, there's a need for just uh, supporting the beauty of the place. We're celebrating, just getting ready to celebrate our centennial. Uh, and so the this campus was thrown up amazingly quickly. I mean, uh, all the buildings, really within a span of most of them within about five years. Mm-hmm. So the old saying, you put it all up at once, you know, it all ages at the same time. <laughs> so there's uh, just a need for updating things, especially like technology. You know, that obviously has evolved so much uh, just over the last five years, let alone over the last hundred you know, John, years. John, if I'm not mistaken, they broke ground in starting to build the buildings in 1919. Mm-hmm. And the doors opened up for the first time for the first group of seminaries entering in September of 1921. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's so quickly. Um, Which and, is amazing. You know, yeah, amazing job. Now, we're also, in terms of support and funding, I again, trying to put a, a stress on uh, positioning us for, you know, the Church in the next hundred years and beyond, and largely that means being able to bring formation uh, out into the world, mm-hmm. uh, and that looks like a number of things. Uh, you know, most dioceses cannot afford to run their own seminary, obviously. So, you know, as we have men coming here from all over the country, thinking about ways, you know, what their bishops are certainly hoping for is uh, how can they have deeper ties maybe to their home dioceses, even as they're receiving education and formation here. So taking advantage, obviously, of uh, online opportunities, doing that well. Um, We're also running uh, something I'm very excited about uh, is uh, what's known as simulation learning, which, you know, has been going on in the medical profession for quite a while. Uh, and that's where we're really giving uh, men the opportunity to uh, practice a lot of those pastoral skills, uh, spiritual direction, you know, marriage counseling, baptism prep, uh, all the kinds of things that, you know, traditionally maybe they wouldn't start experiencing until a year or two uh, after ordination, and it's not as if, you know, they're playing priest, quote-unquote, but it, it's integrating that human formation, right, learning uh, who you are, how you approach difficult situations, and integrating the theological education, which has always been strong and continues to be strong here. How do you weave that together? Because for the parish priest, at least, that's the very heart of the uh, the ministry is integrating all of that material, and many of our guys are being asked to be pastors within two or even one year of ordination. 
for many it's of our It's almost scary, John, guys. that when yeah. we were ordained in 79 in my class, we thought we'd be a pastor in about 20, 25 years after yeah. ordination. It happened sooner, but certainly not one or two years. On a personal note, John, I need to ask you this question. As rector-president of the University of Samaria the Lake, Mundelein Seminary, what is your greatest joy? What is your greatest challenge? Mm-hmm. My greatest joy is, you know, just seeing... I mean, it's a joy to see it in, in anyone in the Church, but specifically for these men as they're following that vocation, to see them, you know, what we say, you know, configure their minds and hearts to the mind and heart of Christ. And, and that can just sound like a nice phrase, but really, you know, as Jesus says, uh, to lay down your life for another. And, okay, most of them won't do that literally, but, you know, to increasingly be less and less self-directed and more and more focused on Christ, which then looks like more and more focused on the people of God, and to see them grow in their prayer life, to see them take the book learning, which is so important, and really integrate it into their very identities. To watch that happen over four years, the growth and then the real joy is maybe when they come back after a year or two uh, as an ordained priest, you know, they're just glowing, but they also have that maturing process, and uh, it's just a wonderful feeling. Maybe not all that different for a parent when, you know, you see a, a, a child go off and then come back after they've grown. The biggest challenge, I would say, um, and I'll, I'll just be brutally honest here, uh, there's a lot of division in our church right now. Um, that won't be a surprise to your listeners. Mm-hmm. And that's reflected here, you know, uh, because the seminarians are so, you know, intimately tied to it's their, the very lives they're preparing for. Um, and so trying to maintain a level of, of trust, I'd say, is, is the number one thing, you know, that at the end of the day, with, you know, all its glory, but all its... Uh, all its challenges, warts and all, it's the Holy Spirit who's guiding the Church, and in her major decisions, um, even filtered through the broken humanity that we are, uh, ultimately the Spirit leads the Church, and uh, that's through the hierarchy, that's through the laity, um, but that's a challenge for the guys, and it it weighs heavy on my heart from time to time, you know, I'll be honest about that, Mm -hmm. and that's why the prayer is so critically important. Now, Mary and I have driven by. We have friends in Libertyville, Grays Lake. I know you're still closed. Any idea when that beautiful campus might be reopening? Yeah, so really the hope is as we kind of turn the corner on winter, um, and the main reason for that, again, because of the pandemic, uh, we've had to scale back a Mm -hmm. lot of our staff, unfortunately, um, and the as a Father Greg or someone, one of you were mentioning, I've really tried to open up the campus, mm-hmm. you know, in appropriate ways. But with a lot more visitors, that just means there's a need for a lot more supervision. Exactly. And having cut back our, our public safety crews so much, um, you know, because we have had, you know, unfortunately some accidents and things like that. So to try and be able to have uh, at least one or two crew members kind of regularly walking the grounds, keeping an eye on things is, is important. And with uh, with the winter conditions, uh, you know, one day we saw uh, tracks, human tracks, going across the frozen lake, and oh, that just about gave me a heart attack. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. All, the way, John, you know, all the way across? 
Well, across a part of it, you know, That's definitely I mean. oh they God. went out further than they should. So, yeah. you know, people will still do some crazy things. Mm-hmm. So it's necessary to have. So, as I said, once we um, and as we, God willing, hopefully uh, have turned the corner, not just on winter, but on the pandemic so that our our conference center um, begins to be up and running again and we can bring back, you know, uh, more of our staff. Um, but that's really what's hindering us right now. And I know it's hard for people because it is such a beautiful place. Now, in just the last minute, talk to us briefly about the year of St. Joseph at Mundelein Seminary. It's so, you know, the Holy Father has given this great gift of, of the year of St. Joseph. So what we're doing, uh, we've invited, you know, the entire community, for those who choose, to consecrate themselves to St. Joseph. So that's a regular uh a prayer process consecration uh, culminating on the Feast of St. Joseph, March 19th. Uh, so that's a process all the guys are going through. And then each month uh, we have a holy hour uh, dedicated to St. Joseph, and we've invited speakers to come from all over the Archdiocese and several other dioceses as well to just offer a reflection You know, during uh, that adoration time. So Bishop Perry uh, kicked it off for us in January, uh, we have uh, the pastoral associate from St. Columbanus uh, coming to speak to us actually tomorrow night, um, some priests from Dubuque, so laymen and women uh, reflecting on uh, what Joseph means for them in their ministry, and that'll go all throughout this year. Right. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity. I want to thank in a very special way Father John Carchi, the rector president of the University of St. Mary the Lake Mundelang Seminary. Well, Father John, you've been a tremendous guest. You're doing an outstanding job with your work at Mundelein. May God bless you, the seminarians, the faculty, administration. I want to thank in a very special way uh, co-host Mark Teresi. Great yep. job again, Mark. Great it's to great to you. have you back great. in the studio. It's great to be back here. And special thank you to our producers, all three of them, which would have been Brian Brock, Vince Girasoli, Javier Garcia, Michael May, work of uh, Javi and Brian in the scenes today. So thank you to all. To our listeners, God bless. Have a blessed weekend. Thanks again, Father John. Thank you. God bless so much. Bye-bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.